everyone, and welcome back to Need to Nerd. I'm your host, Spencer, and I'm joined by my co-host, West, the man yeah, who um, has not responded to something she sent him. Ah, yes, uh, that's a call-out, um, and I immediately realized why, and it's because I tried once and failed to figure out the platform. But, I don't know. Uh, I will happily respond in person. <laughs> You got thrown off there. <laughs> that was great. That was good. So uh, it's been a while, and it is also very likely that for uh, some of the listeners, and probably most of them, considering you know it's been a while, might not even know who we are, West. I sometimes don't even know who I am. So oh, that one, that's a bigger question that we won't get into. But uh, with that being said, you know, West. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners really quick? Sure. Um, my name's West. I have grown up here in lovely Salt Lake City, Utah, and I've been a nerd for, oh, I think I can isolate my first nerd memory right off the bat, and it was the memory of wanting more than anything to watch Digimon in Saturday morning cartoons and my mom not let me, letting me around four years old. Oh, man. Um, that sounds like a beat. It was, but, you know, fortunately, my mom was not good at paying attention to what I was watching for basically any time after that, so I got to watch plenty of Digimon in the intervening years. That's great. Um, um, cool. Well, I'm going to, I'll go really quick. I'm Spencer, for those who don't know. I'm uh, a just 30-year-old old man now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my I'm, I'm also from Salt Lake. Uh, former Magic the Gathering competitor, now Magic the Gathering casual, I guess. And uh, my my first nerd moment, that's a fun one, West. I think we should both do that. Uh, my first nerd memory is very easily uh, sitting down at my uncle's house with my cousin and watching Star Wars for the first time. Um, and I think I was probably... I might have been four or five, so... Uh, and we watched the first one, the second one, and I think the third one all in one day. Is only as you know that was that was just what kids did. We just watched movies all day on Saturday. That's a long time to sit still as a kid, Spencer. Dude, thing I was Star Wars. I was gonna say right. I was like, <laughs> it was Star Wars. So yeah, I, I, you probably didn't sit still during that time. You were probably no, making we were probably, every motion along with e the movie. Exactly, exactly. It was probably more like that. But yeah. West, it, it has been a while. I, I actually didn't even look up the last time that we got together and did this. And, you know, obviously we're our former co-hosts, Michael and uh, Mason, are not here. And it was 2018 sometime in early spring, if I recall. Wow, that's a good memory. That's a good memory. I, You know, for me, I it's been the reason it's been so long is just life changed. Life got crazy for me and. Uh, you know, I, I've wanted to bring the show back and, and we talked about it and you were down and I'm, I'm excited, man. Yeah. It's going to be a really good time. Um, who doesn't want more opportunities to talk about nerdy things? Exactly. That's, that's the whole goal here. So thank you everybody who's watching on the YouTube channel. And, uh, we will also be having a podcast version of this. So if you, if you just want to listen to this instead of watching on the YouTube channel, uh, that will come out sometime this week as well. With that being said, let's let's introduce ourselves a little bit. I don't even think I've done a lot of this on this YouTube channel outside of this podcast before. 
So I'm I'm kind of excited to talk about when you wanted to talk about something this week. West, you said you want to talk about our nerd profile, and I really like that. So we're going to go over gaming, movies, TV, and other media, and uh, then we're going to go into the favorite nerd memory. You had you, we gave our first one, but we should also talk about our our favorite one. Yours didn't sound like it would be your favorite for what it's worth. Uh, your mom was uh, watching you watch Digimon. Doesn't sound like the the greatest nerd memory. You you have to check again because my current uh, title, my current uh, screen name on Twitter is Digimon Adventure. Adventure Stan account. So well, sure. You tell but me. Your, your mom not letting you watch Digimon can't be your favorite nerd memory. Oh, my favorite nerd memory, not my yeah. favorite nerd item. Got oh it. yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll, I'll go first though. We'll start in gaming West, and uh, I think that for me, the 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 thing that I love about nerding out about video games and kind of where I'm at with video games right now is just trying things that people find great. Um, you know, I recently picked up Super Smash Brothers, and I, like, enjoyed Smash Brothers as, like, a kid, but I'm just not, was never that into fighters. Like, Street Fighter was fun to play through a couple times and stuff like that, like, enjoyed casually, but I'm enjoying that. I played Mass Effect for the first time this year, and I usually hate shooters. Like, I played the story of Halo 1 and Halo 2, and I think that's about it. Uh, and... I've, I don't know, I've just, I've really been trying to expand outside of the classic stuff that I like, which is just RPGs, and, you know, to try everything. I guess, to be fair, if you look at Mass Effect, it's really an RPG, and that's why I really enjoyed it, but it, it's... Any game where you can pause while you're shooting things, it's an RPG. Ooh, that's a hot take. We should do a, we should do a, a, that topic on that one day. I, yeah, I, I, my, my gaming for video games is has really expanded, and the gaming outside of that, I'm also uh, pretty into Magic: The Gathering, like you. Uh, w- you know, I have an entire another podcast network dedicated to Magic: The Gathering. So I was going to say podcast empire at this point. No, it's not an empire, but you know, it, it's that that game's super close to my heart, um, and I, I play, you know, a little bit of. Um, a little bit of TFT, not like very much. Uh, I think I've played less than less than 20 games so far, but I, I enjoy that game a lot as well. But I have been trying Splatoon, which is a shooter, and, and that game's dope. So, But I think that historically, for me, gaming has always been RPGs. You know, the Pokemons, the Fire Emblems, the, you know, the KOTOR, stuff like that has, has always been the thing that I like the most in gaming outside of Magic the Gathering. Absolutely. Um, For me, definitely, there are kind of like pillars of gaming, and then everything else has kind of just been a dabbling, right? Certainly, Pokemon is a core part of my experience as a video gamer with, you know, the first video game I ever owned being Pokemon Red and Pokemon Yellow, when I finally got to unclench the controlling fist of preventing video games from being in my life and get a Game Boy Color. Um, and I haven't looked back from there. Pokemon has been such a big part of my life. It's the first video game of any kind that I approached competitively. Um, and really the first game, Magic, as a competitive uh, draw, came after I learned um, competitive Pokemon. Um, Magic the Gathering is, of course, another enormous part of my life. Um, and then the third pillar in my gaming life is Dungeons and Dragons. Absolutely. Um, tabletop role-playing games have, and any form of 
uh, of collaborative storytelling with me and my friends has had me enthralled since I was a young child. Um, and certainly by volume, I play more Dungeons and Dragons than any other game right now. Nice. That's it's it's funny. I think that Pokemon was so like generational for us that every time somebody's like, I've never played Pokemon, I'm like, really? You haven't? Yeah, so I think that the reason for that is that Pokemon was the first um like phenomenon where, you know, there was the confluence of merchandise and media. Right. That included video game. Yeah. That's fair. Um, and I think that's why it was such a smash hit and why it's got such a persistent effect in our collective consciousness to this day. So we we both mentioned uh specifically uh you know con consuming rpg style games you know you talk about tabletops i talked about kotor and mass effect mm -hmm. uh i'm curious for you what what draws you in i i've played dnd i think it was 3.5 is all that i played um but what what draws you into that style of gaming Ooh, um i love that possibility that exists in there um I love the idea that um, anything I can think of and narrate is something that my character can try and accomplish. They might not succeed. Um, they might fail horribly, but the idea to try it is is like kind of the core bit and the that feeling of potency that like I this is a world where I have agency, where I can affect change. Um, I think is such a powerful draw for both young people and then as you get older and your um your personal agency and how you move around increases but your greater agency in the state of the world um you you get uh, a better sense of it right i think that there are a lot of people that seek out a way to be in a world where they can really control what is happening where they can be not just the hero but can be the uh oh did i lose spencer I don't know what I don't know what happened there. That's my and point. we're back. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. Um, but that the the ability to you know be in this world and see the products of your actions create a change over time in that world, and that you get more powerful in doing it um, is so it's such a powerful thing to be to be a participant in. And while real life has those moments. It's much faster to get to them in a role-playing game. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, I think that for me, like, the the fact in I mean, the RPGs that I love, right? Like, Kotor being the perfect example, it, it let me it let me experience parts of life that I didn't get to experience and that I was like scared to experience in a lot of ways. Um, it's totally. funny. Playing Mass Effect now, I very much play it as I like I would personally, like if I was if I was Commander Shepard, like this is what I would do, right? Yeah. And I certainly didn't always play Kotor that way. Like I probably played Kotor, you know, a thousand. You times. played it to the flavor of the class fantasy. Yeah, it was it was like very much like no, I'm gonna be a bad guy this time. Like we're gonna be bad, and like I don't know, just I I don't do that as often uh in like mm -hmm. i when i did fire emblem like i i find that like 
I use it as an escape, but it's an escape for me now. And that wasn't true when I was younger. Or at least yeah. it wasn't true in the same way. Totally. Um, I think that the other, the other thing is that like when you're a kid, there's a, um, the all consuming, like the, the number one thing you don't want to experience as a kid is boredom. Yeah. And your options were so much fewer both Fe back then and as a kid in general, because you don't get to choose what happens next. It's one of my biggest fears now, too, man. We're not, I'm, not gonna, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie about that. But I've got a Steam library where feeling boredom actually feels like I shouldn't, because I... How could I not have something to do right now? It's true. <laughs> so, next on the list, we have movies, as we're filling out our little nerd profile. And, uh, I'm I'm curious, West. Uh, you don't watch a lot of movies, so where what would fit into this for you? So, um, usually, where movies come into play in my life in a big, meaningful way is either um, they're like part of this like big, ongoing franchise, right? They're your Star Wars, your Lord of the Rings, your Marvel stuff, um, or they're. Like the other movies that have left like meaningful impacts on my life have been like the smaller artful ones. For instance, Miyazaki, and you'll we'll get into it later. Anime is a big part of my life, but um, Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli films have an enormous role in my life, shaping my perceptions on environmentalism, shaping my understanding of what it means to be scared as a kid, sure. what it means to be brave as a kid. Well, that's good because we're definitely doing a House Moving Castle episode, so heck yeah. It's my it's like top one of my top 5 favorite movies of all time. And I'll I'll I'll, I'll adopt a little bit off of you uh there and say that same here like you know, I I think that House Moving Castle is one that like I would call out for me personally that came to me during a really weird part of my life, so it like had a had a big impact. But also, like, Star Wars and is, like, like you up there for me. Uh, just, like, that's how, like, I would say that that is the biggest thing that I miss about Disney taking over, by the way, is the the level, the amount of Star Wars content that was being created uh, under, before Disney took over was so much greater than now. It, yeah, like, Disney tries to... Um... Disney is, keeps its portfolio tight because it wants to deliver a level of polish on everything. Yeah. But it also doesn't get to have the fullness that the wider Star Wars universe had before it was restricted back. Sure. And then I, I would say, like, as far as, like, nerdy movies, like, uh, it's definitely, you know, the Spider-Man movies are up there for me. Like, I totally nerd out. I get so mm -hmm. excited. I've loved every Spider-Man movie. Like, I love all of yeah. them. Like, I, I love... I was I was looking on I the third one uh, is like I even love that one. You were looking at IMDb. I was looking on IMDb earlier to jog my memory about movies, and easily the movie that has like the most like effect that I loved the most of the last few years was Into the Spider Verse. No oh, question, sure. absolutely we, gorgeous. Not a very controversial view, but uh, we, an incredible film. We talked about that movie on this podcast, and uh, you know back back. I hadn't seen it at the time. Oh, wow. There we go. Well, for me, the other movie that I would say is up there for me, like, uh, that, that I nerded out over, like, I was really into Nights and stuff as a kid. So, like, uh, 
you know, a, a Knight's Tale, or not a Knight's Tale, that one's great too, but I was going to say First Night uh, was, like, really influential for me. I was so young age when I watched, like, like, that movie. I would never let my child watch that movie, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but alongside that is, like, you know, Willow and that, like, fantasy theme, I think always... I think fantasy themes have always enthralled me much more than any other genre, and that's perfect for a nerd podcast because you know, I love yeah. that. Um, what are the core differences to you between science fiction and fantasy in terms of how they affect you? I there's not a lot of lot of like real sci-fi that I love. Uh, the sci the kind of sci-fi that I'm into is like usually you know, post-apocalyptic questioning of morality and human, you know, things intrinsic. And I think that that's a pretty common thing. theme. Maybe, maybe that's common among all sci-fi films. Uh, but those are like the, typically the ones that I enjoy. Like I, uh, there's, there's been a lot that I are really popular that just don't vibe with me. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas I vibe with most fantasy stuff. Um, yeah, I think that part of it is science fiction usually assumes a cynical posture about where humanity is going um, and examines uh, current trends in human society through a different context later right. down the line. Um, and then fantasy, I think, really takes humanity out of any historical context, but just examines kind of the human condition in a really optimistic and hopeful way. Yeah of how does the the small group of thoughtful committed citizens change the world right i don't know I, i'm a positive dude with that with that being said though speaking of fantasy and sci-fi let's talk about tv mm -hmm. because i know that we're both big uh nerds when it comes to some of the more animated stuff uh you yeah. know your your uh current name on your twitter is digimon related <laughs> yeah um, I was so bummed. There, there's a uh, a like a Digimon Adventure reboot happening right now that got three episodes in before rollout was halted because of the current situation, um, and it was taking a much slower approach to throwing those characters into the digital world and their relationship with their um, with their partners, respective partners. Yeah, um, and I was so excited about it because it kept the, the core identity of these characters, but was going to re-examine them from a different angle. Dude, um, it is truly the golden age of television, by the way. And like the way you're is. describing this version of Digimon, it just really goes to show that. Like mm -hmm. they, they're, they're taking like this, like they've taken this kid show that was meant to sell toys and they've really evolved it. Like, you know, my understand. I have not seen uh, D Digimon Try, but like I understand that it's you know tackling and and uh, addressing you know things a little bit in a little bit bigger way. Not that mm -hmm. the Digimon movie didn't tackle big things. I don't actually know if at any point in Digimon's history it's been afraid of going in at big issues. Yeah, that's true. Um, and the the Digimon English dub for Digimon Adventure, I think, is the only like. American dub that I can think of that like didn't really change a lot, didn't really remove some of the heavier issues, um, and I am really impressed by it. Is there other TV that has influenced your nerdum that makes up your nerdum profile? 
Oh, 100%. Um, uh, another excellent thing that we can be watching while streaming right now is Avatar The Last Airbender just hit Netflix. Um, yeah, I, I have to cancel my Prime subscription that has it because I was paying $5 a month to watch it with Met for Ma with Maxwell. Mm -hmm. And now we just can watch it on Netflix. We are we just finished Avatar Day, uh, the Avatar Day episode tonight. That's what I was doing before we were recording. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember what season that's in, but it's, my guess it's is season that's... two. Okay. Um, yeah, and starting that rewatch is fantastic because again, another amazing kid-facing television show that tackles big issues, big questions, big feelings in a really courageous way you know i was thinking about avatar and what i wanted to say about it on this episode because i knew it would come up and it's it's really funny uh, i was thinking about like re-watching pokemon and re-watching like with maxwell and re-watching some other stuff um and just other kids anime shows my wife watched sailor moon recently and uh you know i i've been watching some 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 stuff that's like a little because of maxwell you know i'm trying to find Things that I'll at least enjoy, uh, that he that he will enjoy. Yeah, the eternal struggle. And it's funny, uh, he gets pretty into Avatar sometimes. Uh, but also, I'm just like, man, this just holds up. This is great. Like, I'm yeah. thoroughly impressed. It also is one of the few television shows where I feel like the um, it's approach to bigger societal conversations was right then and right now, right? Like from episode one, uh, um, Sokka is getting ridiculed for any amount of like bashing on the abilities of women. Oh, and yeah. for the rest of the television show, the women step up and totally kick butt. Oh, absolutely. It was funny. There was a, there was a, like, Maxwell asked, like, why is he being mean to that girl? I was like, because he's being sex. Like, I had that conversation with my three-year-old. And, like, like... The word sexist is in episode one. It's incredible. Yeah. And, like, and I I mean, we had this, like, we had a conversation about it with my three-year-old. And he, I was just like, you know, do you think that girls can do whatever they set their mind to, Maxwell? And he's like, yeah. And I said, good, because they can. And, like, it was just like this... I don't know, a sweet yeah. moment. Absolutely. Um, also, uh, I have to I have to jump on board of another thing that I'm worried about its delay, and that's Witcher, man. I was Oh, season two of Witcher? Yeah, like that show was has uh probably taken this franchise that was beloved by so many and just exploded that fan base. Like I know for me I had wanted to play Witcher 3, but hadn't yet. I had a borrowed copy that I had started that, hadn't, that I hadn't finished. And I was like, well, I'll watch the show because uh, I already know that I'm interested in this media. I am now playing it. I bought it. Then, I've now bought it for my Switch. I've bought multiple books now. Like that just that that show completely exploded that fan base. Yeah. If you were um, in charge of, you know, making an adaptation for whatever favorite book or video game or more long form media that you loved, would you ever in a million years pick movie anymore? No. Right? Television has just proved itself so much better at fully exploring the themes, values, and characters of a piece of media than movies ever could. 
yeah, I mean, do you want to get into other media? Because we can talk about, like, the, I mean, you can look behind me. My camera's mm-hmm. actually inverted. I got to fix that for the next episode. But, I mean, the Hall of Fame is sitting right here. Yeah. Like, the, if we're talking other media, Aragon, Aragon, I almost said Aragorn. Aragon is, Aragon's tippy top for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sad to hear that you watch the movie every year. I don't know why you would punish yourself that way. <laughs> I don't know where you're hearing that. I watched was that, that not, movie. Was that not you on Twitter? That was not me. Oh, all right. I would never in a million years rewatch that movie. You like couldn't willingly get me in the same room as that on a disc. <laughs> that was the that was the most traumatic movie experience of my teenagerhood. That was the that was the first time Dude. I experienced severe disappointment in adaptation. Oh, it was Brendan Clark. Okay. Uh, shout out. He <laughs> does like, uh, going in for painful events. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I actually got food poisoning at the movie theater at the midnight showing of that film. So not only was I disappointed. Insult and injury. Yeah, not only was I disappointed from the film, but I got food poisoning yeah. from a burger I had that night. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a really interesting connection based around Aragon the other day, which is that, um, you know, the idea that we all kind of tell ourselves a narrative of our lives and reinforce that narrative mm-hmm. in our actions every day. So um, I was thinking about the way that I will sometimes, you know, kind of present my a, a version of myself that is missing a piece of myself. And one of the things I did when I was rereading Aragon when I was younger is I was kind of bored by the Ronin chapters in Eldest. Um, so I just skipped them for a, re- for a reading of Eldest. And by the end of it, I don't know. I wasn't satisfied with that choice. Um, On your rereading? Yeah, I wasn't satisfied with the choice of having skipped the Ronin stuff. Because, you know, it's that's the part of the book that builds new characters, new narratives. Um, follows up on where characters have moved over the course of a book that we met earlier in the series, whereas Aragon's story is pushing just forward relentlessly during Eldest. You know what we need to do? We need to do a podcast series of reviewing those those four books. Oh, that would be an incredible series. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that. Because they like they're they're like they're really high up there for me. Sure. Um, I've uh, I've listened to one that does the same idea for uh, Harry Potter um, with a guy who's never read the books before. And it, it involves a lot of trouncing on J.K. Rowling because it can. Sure. Um, and I feel like... Uh, we don't have to do that. Chris to, is great. It's harder to go at Christopher Polini because <laughs> he was 17 when he wrote them. <laughs> like, you know, like pulling those and, you know, any... Um, commentary about the series that starts with well it just kind of copies a lot of things that other people have already written how else would you be dealing with these themes when you're that at that age how else could you know i have said that i have said that they are my my favorite star wars books i have said (laughs) i have said that and i will probably say it on on Um, within that metaphor what is a dragon what do you mean like like if if uh aragon is like if the aragon series is star wars books what is what is the equivalent of a dragon in Star Wars? Your droid, your your starfighter when the droid's in it. Okay, your droid sure. is the dragon, but the 
but, but the, that connection between the two is your okay. I mean, yeah, once the droid's in there, that starfighters, you know. Just so Safira is R two D two. Is what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> That's a connection that no one else has ever said. So no, obviously, job. I just pulled that one right out of my butt. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I did. I I think that. Uh, you know, that one, that one's really high up there for me. Also, mm -hmm. I didn't mention Star Fox in games, and I feel really stupid. This is the problem with doing, like, nerd profiles, is that... Oh, I mean, we can't cover it all in one episode. Oh, no. That's a good thing, because then we're going to have material for future episodes. Yeah. We didn't cover the 64, stuff like that. But I, yeah. I think that the other thing in other media for me, in, like, nerd, I'm like, I, I'm not a huge comic book fan. I own one comic book, and it's just the first issue of the, the uh, Kanan comic book. Uh, the Last Apprentice, or mm -hmm. the is it the Last Apprentice? Sure, but Kanan, the character from Star Wars Rebels, yeah. has a comic book series yeah. about him. And I, I own that one. I owned uh, a condensed copy of like another Star Wars comic, the Old Republic one, but I, I lost it. But that's it. Like I, I'm not comic books for me. Um, it's just mostly the things you're talking about, like movies, video games. I'm a huge podcast nerd. Like I listen to a ton of podcasts. I often have to just go back and be like narrow down my podcast list. I'm like, all right, what have I listened to in the past? <laughs> what haven't like, I listened to? So I got to get that out of here. If that makes sense. No, so I, I I'll, I'll unsubscribe. No, I'll unsubscribe to like to like narrow it down because I am such a nerd when it comes to podcasting. I am subscribed to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 podcasts. I think that beats me, but not by as much as you might think, Spencer. Well, this is with things that I don't listen to regularly. <laughs> so I, I'm a huge podcast nerd. Um, well, uh, the Constructed Criticism Network has a, a big number of podcasts within it that I don't re listen to regularly, but it's only one item on that list for me. Dude, I'm so glad to hear that somebody uses that feed because people are like, why do you have a feed for everything and a feed for each individual podcast? I'm like, because some people want the whole feed. I really don't think it was an intentional choice. I just uh, grandfathered in from when you uh, moved the, just the singular Constructed Criticism feed to the wider one. Oh. And then created a smaller one within it that I didn't subscribe to because I was already subscribed to the big proportion. Oh, well, all right. Either way, I'm a, I'm a big podcast nerd. Um, yeah. Um, your point about comics is interesting because I also have to totally missed print comics. That's not really anything I engage with, but web comics. Yeah, I was going to um, ask. Comics that are largely published online serially have been a big part of my life. And um, Can you give me an been, example of one? Sure. Um, have you ever heard of Tower of God? Nope. Tower of God is a it's a webtoon, so it's a specific. There's a specific platform that's Korean for publishing web comics. That's um, one that a chapter of that web comic is an unbroken, like, file that just scrolls down basically. So you just like scroll, 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 and the the break between what you would think of as frames in normal comics is just kind of like like a, a cut to black for a moment sure. as you're scrolling. And this is like a 300 something chapter long, uh, web comic, um, and is getting adapted into a uh, crunchy anime. Nice. Um, about that's seems to be at least holding up through its season. So it's one of the only animes that's coming out right now. So check it out. It's incredible. Do you... Um, do you find that your consumption of media outside of TV shows has declined a lot since the, like, 
since the TV show, ex- like the quality of TV expanded so much? I read a lot fewer books since I've had access to good streaming television. It, I'm the same way. Like, I actually listen to audiobooks right now. Um, I actually have a rule that I won't buy a book in paper unless I listen to the audiobook and love the book. Like, love, love the book. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's because I have an Audible subscription. And so, like, and I want to buy hardbacks. Like, if I if I own books now, I'm just going to buy a hardback of it. Um, no matter, like, how old the book is or whatever. I Like, that's kind of my new rule. It's because I want to own them and I want to, like, share that, like, have that physical, I don't know, like a collector item. And I want it to be nice. So, that, that I, I also read less, but I have been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Yeah, I don't listen to audiobooks very much, um, mostly because I do enjoy podcasts and listen to enough of those that fills roughly the same amount of time, um, and I fill the rest of it in with music listening instead. Um, but yeah, I for my book habit, my book buying habits, is I'm much more in the range of if it's of course a book series that i love i'll buy the um hardback when it comes out but otherwise i i'm more of a go in for used paperbacks at used bookstores um sometimes buying a second or third copy of a book i love i do have a bunch of copies of star wars books in paperback because you know it's really hard to i mean a lot of them weren't even published in with hardbacks so it's it's hard to get them so mm-hmm. i, I but feel that i'm i'm gearing up to I have to really reduce the the quantity of books I'm keeping in my parent in my bedroom at my parents' house, and I have an absurd number of like YA literature in the fantasy genre that I will have to select what the best of it is to keep. I will probably be keeping my four copies of my Aragon books, not just because we're going to do a podcast about it, um, but there's a lot of good stuff in there that will almost certainly be donated. Nice. Uh... Is there a favorite nerd memory you want to share with the with the show before we go? Oh man. I think that my the nerd memory that sticks out whenever I just think about like when did I feel like I found my people um was my sophomore year of high school. I remember playing just the most absurdly long complicated back and forth game of Magic the Gathering in the middle of my computer science class uh, that involved uh, a nickel bolos. Um, it involved um, overpowered artifacts, all the best parts of Magic the Gathering. Can I ask, how how uh, how how young were you when you first started playing Magic? I first experienced Magic cards um, at summer camp when I was seven or eight. Okay, cool. And, you know, not very much later, I convinced my parents to let me get a little bit of them. And then, you know, the trickle kept going and eventually became a flood. Nice. That's so is is that finding that group like that finding your people like was that is it your favorite because it's so impactful in your life? Yeah, I mean, certainly the um, like I think a lot of this is about, you know, trying to find a place where you belong. And as a kid, I couldn't find that belonging in sports. And I wasn't mean enough to find that belonging in being mean. Um, and I, you know, continually got pushed towards this path of nerdum, And it's been amazing. And I 
with my nerd friends, I've never once struggled for a thing to do, for a thing to talk about. Um, it's always been an overflow of conversational topics, of activities that could be done. The only thing that I've had to do to like remanage my relationship with my nerd friends is learn how to include, you know, the important conversations you have with your friends about your lives, about your emotion, about all of that stuff, because there is so much that could be talked about that doesn't play in that space that you have to make a time for it specifically. Nice. I think that I, I thought of this a lot today. And I think that my favorite nerd memory um, was probably this one. This is weird, but it, it's it, it's probably actually uh you know like getting to the plot twist in kotor for the first time like it was i i just i was not expecting it and i it was like up to this point it's just like my favorite game i'd ever played and like i don't know it just got so good i i think that that's probably really high up there um I know what my favorite nerd moment will be, um, and that's probably watching my son experience, uh, you know, Harry Potter for the first time or Star Wars for the first time. And stuff yeah, like that. I, I think that it's going to be interesting because that's uh, that's an area where you don't just have one favorite nerd moment ahead of you. You have many, and yeah, some of them are predictable, right? They're the they're when you watch, um, and I think that you can probably agree with me that seeing someone else fall in love with something that you love the first, like when that magic goes across their face is such an incredible experience. And to oh, have yeah. it with your son drives it to an even better level because I enjoy watching it in a stranger. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I mean, I remember I, the happiest day of my life is the day I took my son to his first jazz game. Like it, it is also the quietest like not the quietest, but like the most engaged and sit still that my then at the time two year old son had ever been. Like yeah. this kid is, he, I think he actually. Well, how old is he now? He's three now. Yeah, he was two. He was no other sport besides basketball could provoke that. By the way, <laughs> I that's probably true. But he, lo I mean, he loved it, and I, you know, you know, we watch some Star Wars stuff together. We watch Pokemon together. I love it when he gets into Pokemon and stuff like that. But it will it will be very different, uh, you know, when he. You know what? I'm actually gonna change my favorite nerd memory. My favorite nerd memory is all the times that my son has made me Scott and his Poke toys out, and made me have Pokemon battles with him with his toys. Do you ever get him with uh, technical specifics that he doesn't grasp yet? No, no. Uh, I let him win the Pokemon battles because I don't let him win the lightsaber battles. <laughs> i suppose that's a compromise <laughs> so and you know i have a long time once he's able to play the video game by himself to you know crush him in pokemon yeah um yeah definitely getting to um i i have to say that there is uh i so I'm an educator. I'm not a parent yet, but my work is primarily with kids and I certainly love interacting with kids. And so much of my engagement with games right now in my life is like 
you know, maneuvering to the situation where, like, the, the, you know, where we can get to, like, the platonic ideal of the game, where, like, things are pushed to the greatest level, where everyone walks in knowing as much as they possibly can about the subject. And I have to say, watching kids come at these things I love from a perspective of still discovery, from prioritizing fun over power of prioritizing like just what appeals to them more than any other factor is always such a humbling experience yeah i think that's one of the things that i like about uh the the things that i do in gaming right now like you know i have smash and magic to like try and improve at yeah um and i can just you know sit down and just play you know, some retro game. Um, I think that's also why I miss Star Fox. <laughs> but, like, one of the things that I just love about gaming right now is just being able to, you know, I, after playing competitive Magic for so long, it is nice to just enjoy stuff. Yeah. And the kids have that ability to do that with everything. Um, they're not... Most everything. Certainly one of my favorite lessons I've learned in life is that fun is a choice. And when yeah. you are looking to have fun, fun is just there waiting for you to find it in anything. And when when you're when you're choosing to do the most you can to win, it's really easy to lose sight of choosing to have fun while doing so. Okay. Um, my recent proudest nerd moment is that I have for a long time had trouble finishing long like triple a rpgs of any kind and i beat breath of the wild for the first time just a few weeks ago um and it was an incredible moment for me because it allowed me to reverse the narrative i've been giving myself about not tackling these bigger games because i know that so often i only get a little ways into them and then drop them for a long time can i ask uh Spoiler for everybody who... Well, you don't have to spoil it. How would you rate the ending of that game, like the actual end, on a scale of 1 to 10? It doesn't even come close to the to how good it feels to jump off of the tallest part of the game. It's so... Okay, I'm glad that we're, like, on the same page. That like, The game doesn't need to end, right? Like, that's, that's the, the problem. Yeah, that was the weird thing is, like, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to beat this game. And, like, I beat the game and I was like... I have done way cooler stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, was... yeah. Like, um, well, the game first definitely has. I, I've actually been tackling master mode now um, to seek greater challenge within the game. And my understanding is that the final boss fights are much, much harder in master mode because you mostly have to um, per perfect the mechanics and you can't just get through it by the force of spin to win, um, which is my favorite tactic in Breath of the Wild, period. Um, but the the moments that Breath of the Wild makes so good are so, such small moments. The the plot points, the greater plot points, are they're fine and they move the plot forward, and it's good to have a plot that moves. But the the discovery um, is such an important part. The honestly, there is just nothing that beats the feeling of getting up on top of something tall and flying around. It's uh, such an important part of the game, and I think it would be about half as good if the hang glider wasn't a mechanic. 
we'll do a we'll do a whole series called the po- a podcast review of we'll do like a podcast review of Breath of the Wild, a podcast review of Aragon. It'll be fun. Oh sure. Uh, I I think that's it. That's all. We should wrap up. We got we could do this literally all night, so we probably yeah. shouldn't. Um, I and just wanna... we've got more episodes to make in the future, so we should save some of it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be back weekly now. Uh, we'll be recording Tuesdays. I'm not sure when the podcast will go up, but that is the, our recording night. Um, and you know, stay stay tuned for uh, you know stuff for this show specifically. Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited to be back into nerd podcasting, and this, you know it's funny. This show started out really interestingly. I was like, oh man, I'm doing a bad job. Like I'm not vibing, and I'm like that's my fault. I, I really enjoyed this one, West. I really I really appreciate your time coming on with me today, and I hope the listeners enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, let us know like what elements of the discussion you enjoyed, what things that we can really emphasize in the future. I'm going to pull things in a philosophical direction all the time. Please uh, pump up my ego on that. Please don't tear it down. I will <laughs> not stop if you don't like it anyways. <laughs> well, that being said, stay safe, everybody. Much love, and we'll see you guys all next time on another episode of Need to Nerd. Absolutely. <laughs>